fact, investment of billions of rands is on the cards for the deep Mponeng gold mine in the far west Rand. Tell us about that. Yeah, Anglo Gold Ashanti reported very good cash rich uh, results this week and they turned their back on what we call M&A, that is mergers and acquisitions. So they made it clear they're not going to use this cash to go and buy another company. They're going to look at their assets and how they can actually enhance them. And we're lucky that in South Africa they're looking at Mponeng gold mine. Now, one would think that they turn their back on that because it's the deepest gold mine in the world. You know, it's at 3.8 kilometers and on its way to 4 kilometers. But it turns out that deep can be cheap. And they are saying that, you know, the study that they're doing on this mine's extension now is, is uh, quite mouth-watering because they're, turning, they're, they're looking to invest something like 13 billion rand. That's the plan as it is. The study will go on and it will really report in the first half of next year. But they're looking to invest something like 13 billion rand there. But they don't want to frighten shareholders by saying that because they're actually going to spend it at a rate of just over a billion rand a year over 10 years. But that is going to be very good for that mine and very good for the economy. And the idea is to get a, a more comprehensive way of extracting there and do a twin reef extraction because there are two reefs there and nearby are also their mines, Savuka and Tautana. So they want to do an integrated situation that will eventuate in Impaneng mine producing 450,000 ounces for 20 years and at a good cost because they're talking about $750 per ounce and not just a cash cost. That's an all-in sustaining cost. And that's the new formula that the World Bank insists on, that when you know you talk about cash costs, you talk about real costs, all your costs, so that you don't give shareholders the wrong impression. So $750, uh, $750 per ounce still gives you a good margin, even on the current gold price, and hopefully at some stage over that period, the gold price will raise even further. They also sort of uh, are still bullish and and, uh, upbeat on their new technology. Uh, They reported that that reef boring technology, which mines the gold, the gold, and only the gold 24 hours a day, that is progressing well. And they're going to the government now, and they're going to ask for permission to have 24-hour mining, rock around the clock, you know, because that's the way to make this viable. If if you're going to use this new technology, you need to be continuous because the way they do mining at the moment and blasting and drilling and blasting is a a stop-start arrangement. And you get very little time to actually mine because you've got to be in there, drill, set it up, go out, and then the explosion takes place. Then you get people down to Mm. clean it. So you can't do this continuous mining. It's always up and down. So if the government does uh, agree to that, it will be a a big breakthrough for mining. We've never had continuous mining like they have elsewhere in the world. We need to have that 24 hours because we know that we've got more gold in the ground in South Africa than has been mined, you know, uh, over the 100 years. So it's a way of getting it out now economically. And if you can use this reef boring technology – uh, you know, it's almost like having gold on tap. You, you wow. can just have that gold flowing out and, and, and your, your continuous operations supply that in a very positive way. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be very excited about <coughs> this one. Uh, fuel cells again. Yes. 
Discussions underway between Germany and South Africa for the introduction of fuel cell buses. Yes, you know, fuel cells are really suited to the bigger vehicles. We heard about Tesla and the investment earlier. Mm. Tesla has got small little vehicles. That's why he was talking about the price. It's, it's, a, it's a low price because it's not, uh, but we're looking at vehicles, not just smaller cars that you need to go and pick up eggs down the road. You know, we're looking at normal cars for fuel cells, the ones we drive. We're looking at buses. We're looking at trucks. We're looking at trams. We're looking at uh, uh rail and and track and, and trains now <clears throat> the germans were in south africa this week to discuss with the south africans this idea of let's go into fuel cell buses you know because this is what they're planning in germany they have already set it up in berlin stuttgart hamburg and they're saying you know you've got an interest in this because you supply the platinum We've got an interest in this because we have decided that the hydrogen economy is the way we're going for our transport because this doesn't uh, pollute the atmosphere. This gives us a carbon-free environment by 2050. We're going with it. Come with us. We can show you what to do on the bus side. You can give us the platinum. The platinum, of course, is mined in South Africa. So important, needing that marketing boost at the moment. So another step along the road, just saying, let's work together with to produce fuel cell buses. And uh, we know that the Department of Trade and Industry is very keen on this. The Department of Science and Technology are very keen on it. They, they, they want mass green transport in Germany. They also want that sort of transport in Japan. Perhaps we can have it in South Africa and at the same time, you know, boost our mining economy, which is so important to us. So <clears throat> the there are certain steps being taken by the South African government. They've got a blueprint coming up, uh, a study that will be uh, uh, presented to them in the not too distant future, and there are all sorts of activities going around fuel cells. You know, n- not only uh, in South Africa, but also we saw at Davos that hydrogen council that that was um, decided upon with some of the biggest names imaginable indicate along with our Anglo-American uh, uh, as well, because they know that uh, they can put the platinum into that that mix is indicative of the world now going along with this new hydrogen age, which will help our platinum mining. And then, Martin, um, new national rail strategy is being drafted to give direction to the underperforming rail sector. You know, it's crazy. They talk about decolonization. We have some of our political, peripheral, peripheral, uh, political elements saying decolonize. Well, we've never decolonized our rail. You know, we've still got this narrow gauge rail that was the penny-pinching standard of the colonialists, because we go back like a hundred years with it, you know, it was all settled many hundred years ago. Now there's a draft white paper to go to the standard gauge, to go to the gauge that the world uses, because you need that high speed, you need that high haulage, because we're totally out of kilter with our economics, particularly for freight. You know, it's often joked that to get your goods from inland in South Africa to a port in South Africa costs you more than to get it from the port to the outer Hebrides because our costs are out of kilter. Mm-hmm. And we see there's also been a much bigger emphasis on roads. There's like 2.3 trillion investment in our road network and only like 229 billion investment in rail. At what the other thing is being said now, Transnet can't do this on its own. And it looks to more involvement from government, but also they're talking about private sector involvement uh, as part of this new draft draft white paper, which is being drawn up and and which is going to be presented to change the face of rail uh, in South Africa and take us at last into the 21st century.